Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Profit and Prosper podcast. This is episode 65, and this week I have a an interview with Jen Spiegel of Becoming Iconic, and I think you're going to find this one really interesting. So Jen is the owner of Becoming Iconic, which is a multi-seven-figure global brand supporting entrepreneurs in life and business through mentorship, a boutique agency, and the incredible Becoming Iconic magazine. And so I think you'll find this interview interesting because I didn't just talk to her about her expertise in branding and marketing and positioning, but we talked about some of the things that she has overcome in scaling her business beyond being a solopreneur to, you know, being a multi seven figure business to having all of the different income streams that she has coming in. We talked about, you know, what it really took for her to get past high six figures, which she said she set out for several years, what happened to her and the things that she went through and the mindset shifts that it took in order to get past that to the next level. So it's really not that often that you get to hear from multi seven figure women business owners on podcasts like this, at least not in my world. So I hope that you find this interesting. Um, You know, I think that something like 1% or 2% of all women business owners make it to a million dollars or more in revenue. And so there's just not that many, which I hope we can change, right? And so hopefully you you enjoy listening to her story. And we also talked about her expertise in branding and positioning in order to bring in, you know, a higher caliber of client. We also talked about how we can enjoy our lives now and bring in more pleasure and, and fulfillment into our daily lives instead of continuing to defer happiness down the road, which I think is so important. It's something that I personally have been working on a lot. And so you'll hear me talk about some of my story too. So let's go ahead and dive into this episode. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited to have Jen here. Jen, thanks for coming. I'm so grateful to be here. This is going to be a great conversation. Yes. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in. Tell us about who you are and your story about your business and how you started it, when you started it, where you are today, and just all that all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. So I'm the founder and CEO of Becoming Iconic, which is basically a house for entrepreneurs. So look at it that way, where we can host you in all sorts of different rooms, whether it be mentorship, we have an agency that supports entrepreneurs, whether they're baby entrepreneurs just starting out, or um, we have clients that are nine figures. So we really love doing branding and design and the back end support to build a world-class business. I also have a magazine called Becoming Iconic Magazine, which was birthed last year after losing my social media and realizing I get to start over again 
And if I were to do this over again, how do I want to show up? It was quite a tragic end to 10 years of building something pretty substantial, but at the same time was one of the, those blessings in disguise, because it allowed me to really look at how I wanted to show up moving forward. So one of the things I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl, I even went to school for public relations and fashion because I wanted to host a magazine and it never came to fruition, but now it's available and there's a digital copy that's free for people as well as a subscription and the podcast. So the podcast was birthed uh, really alongside of becoming iconic back in 2020, early 2020. And that was a moment in time where I had built a really massive personal brand and it was highly, highly successful for over a decade. And I loved what I did. It was predominantly in the wellness space, beauty space, and then also with coaching other women, how to grow businesses. And so that success was something that I was really I would say complacent in, to be totally honest and transparent, you know, after 10 years of making multiple six figures, my income was between 20 to 30,000 a month. You know, I just had that residual income month after month after month. And although it was a flat line and at the time it felt really frustrating that it was a flat line, I look back and go, wow, to be able to hold that business for a decade at that point is something I'm pretty proud of at this point. But I knew I was being asked to do more. And I, I felt like moving forward, especially in 2019, it was becoming more of a company than a personal brand. And I, I was sort of being nudged and it was actually the end of 2019 when I hemorrhaged and I was hospitalized that, um, it was a really interesting story. I'm, I'm probably going too, too far, too deep, too fast, but that's how I roll. <laughs> but, um, through that hemorrhage, I had a doctor walk in the room and I, I honestly believe she was an earth angel. And she said to me, I don't think this has anything to do with you physically. I think you have something in you that's trying to be expressed. I don't know if you've been holding something back and your body's trying to get rid of something, but this has nothing to do with you physically. This is an emotional based hemorrhage. And out she walked and I never saw her again. So I feel like that was just a tap and a God wink for me to really look at what I was resisting and to take some bold action and becoming iconic was born months after. I love that. I've, I will say I've never heard of a doctor do that or say anything mm -hmm. like that, but I'm in the US. So, you know, I know you're in Canada, so I don't know if your doctors are different, but yeah, I've never heard of a traditional doctor saying that. And so I think it's so interesting and probably very, very accurate, right? Yeah. So as you know, you've been in business for over a decade, right? And you have a seven figure business, you have multiple income streams going on that you've developed over time. And so before we talk into, we talk about your expertise, I'm really interested in, you know, are there, were there any specific things that sort of catalyzed you to get past, like you said, you were sort of complacent at that multi six figure, I'm comfortable taking home 20, 30 K. And so what was it that catalyzed you to get past that point? Aside from, you know, I think it sounds like your hospital trip and all that stuff. Was there anything else? So I think what the biggest shift for me was moving into a seven figure business. There was a couple of things. The first thing was I had to get out of my way of money and money for me 
was rooted in a lot of projections. So my mom, even when I started entrepreneurship said to me, you know, if you get too wealthy, you're going to change. I was brought up where money was the root of all evil. So those things, although I can't say I believed them, they were rooted in me. Subconsciously, they were rooted in me. And it showed up as me thinking I was greedy for wanting more. You know, here I am coaching other entrepreneurs how to grow profitable businesses. I have a profitable business and how could I want more? So there was a level of selfishness, greed, guilt for wanting more. And I believe that's what kept me complacent for a really long time. And it was having to heal myself and my money wounds and those subconscious beliefs and thoughts that really was the trajectory for me to accept more. And the reason being is I firmly believe that good women who become wealthy will do good things in this world. And I had to ask myself, if I acquire more income, if this business grows beyond to where it is today, I had to attach myself to a vision of my contribution to the world, not just to throw my income out there as a sales pitch constantly, which we're seeing all the time and it's getting boring. It's more of, okay, so as women, we have this access, we have this ability to find and grow and create this income and wealth, but what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do with it? That to me matters a whole lot more because as someone who has been an entrepreneur for so long, there will be ups and downs in business. We cannot be naive to that. We cannot, you know, be shy around talking about these things. So if we know our income can fluctuate, what doesn't fluctuate is our vision and the way we see the world and the way we want to serve in the world. And that's our superpower. And I believe once we really lean into that, that's when all of a sudden the doors open and abundance starts to flow in because it's like we've, we're ready to support that and hold that wealth. So that was one of the biggest things. The other thing for me too, was surrendering into realizing that I don't have to be a solopreneur and wear the martyrism badge of, I do it all. And I had done that for a really long time. I want to say 15 years of my entrepreneurship. Yeah, it was 15 years of my entrepreneurship. I did everything on my own. So I'm a mom of four. I'm a wife. I clean, I cook, I run my businesses, you know, all the things. And it wasn't that I was necessarily proud of that. It was something that I wore to reflect my resentment. It was something I used against my husband. So I would, you know, have those little like pokes, right? Where you're like, yep. well, I've been working all day and you know, this like, look at me and all that I'm doing. And so it was really unattractive. It was just something that I got into and it was a loop and a pattern that I didn't see. I just felt. And so I had to also pull myself out of that and go, why do I feel like I have to do it all? What, where's this coming from? And again, that was attached to a lot of projections and blueprints and narratives that were passed on to me. Like, you know, don't be lazy, do it all. Don't spend money where you don't need to spend money. If you can do it, do it yourself, like all these things. And it was when I started hiring team and I had breath back in my lungs and I had focus back in my mind and spirit that my business made a massive shift. And I say that gently though, because another thing I see in entrepreneurship are people hiring too quickly. So there's this glamorization of building a team. And I have clients who have done this where I'm coaching them through having to go back a little bit, take a couple steps back in order to financially stabilize themselves to be able to hire people and not be so stretched that desperation hits and all this weird 
um, you know, emotion and, and energy, but I was at a place where I could hire. I was at a place where it was long overdue. And that really was part of the, the shift and change. So many good things. And I think what you said about wanting to do it all yourself, like for me, when I was raised, my, my mom's mom. So my maternal grandmother was the type who was like the selfless cook dinner and then never sit down to eat because she was getting us all things. And like everybody sort of glamorized that as like, Oh, look what a good, amazing selfless person she is. And like, she was, and I don't want to minimize that, but you also get that messaging of like, this is what I should aspire to be. And I think that my gifts are much better used in other ways and get getting support where I need it so that I can use what I do to better serve people. So everything you're saying, you are so speaking my language right now. And I love this. (laughs) Are you ready to create a profitable business and use that cash flow as a fire starter for building your wealth? Since you're listening to my podcast, I'm guessing that you probably do, but maybe you aren't sure exactly how this would work for your business or if it's even possible for you. But listen, I am here to tell you that it is possible because I have worked with so many women business owners who have done exactly that. You can pay yourself a six-figure CEO salary and get yourself out of the feast or famine cycle where you're worrying about cash flow all the time. You can create a profitable business model that allows you to outsource and delegate so you can take time off from your business while still growing to the next level. And you can use that cash flow to start building a seven-figure portfolio of retirement, real estate, or whatever else you're interested in. If you're an established online or service-based business owner who likes some hands-on CFO support to increase your profit margins, build your business to the next level, and grow your net worth using that extra cash flow, then the Millionaire CEO Incubator is exactly for you. The Millionaire CEO Incubator is my signature six-month group coaching and done-with-you hybrid program to help you map out and implement a plan to turn six-figure cash flow into seven-figure wealth. We take on a handful of new clients each month by application. So if you're ready to change your money story, go to profitandprosper.co forward slash apply or the link in the show notes and fill out the quick application. It should take no more than two minutes and we'll be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. So you were talking about having that vision for like, you know, what do you want to accomplish with your business and what impact can you have? And I would, I a hundred percent agree. I want more wealthy women, business owners, wealthy women in general in the world and thinking about like that vision of like, what can you accomplish? And so this is something I talk to clients about too, right? Of like, you can, you can hire a team, you can support other women. My team has a lot of moms who we allow, you know, we, we work part-time or they work part-time, they have flexible schedules, like it allows them to both have a contribution, make a good salary, and then also be a mom, right? Yeah. Or you could start, I have clients who start foundations, who start nonprofits. I have, you know, clients who leave their kids an inheritance. And so what is coming up for me that I think will segue really nicely into this topic of up-leveling your branding and centering, you know, pleasure and joy in your life is when you have this vision for wanting to do more and have that impact, I feel like a lot of us will be scared of that and feel like I'm not worthy of doing that. And so how can you hold space to really be comfortable with having that vision first and foremost? Well, there's something very life-changing that I want to share through this. And it was um, actually through one of my mentors, Robin Sharma, who's an exceptional leadership mentor for everybody. Plug into him. He's incredible. And he taught me early on, this is years, this is probably going back 15 years ago. He said, building a legacy and legacy to me is like 
ah, it's soul food. I think about, you know, what do I want to create in my lifetime that my children look back upon their mother and think, wow, look what she did. Look what she created. Look at the people she served. And also they knew what I stood for. They knew my character. They knew my values. They knew that I was all in, in my life. I want to be that example for them. So legacy to me was really, you know, what am I creating to leave to them? Well, he course corrected, I would say about a year or two ago. And this course correction he taught changed everything for me because he said, I think I've got legacy wrong. So first of all, I love that he admitted as a leadership mogul that maybe there's something that's outdated, that he has a different perspective. I love and appreciate people who can own those things. And he said, I firmly believe legacy is what we're doing today. Like, why are we so focused on what we're leaving behind? And he spoke specifically about parenting and motherhood. And as a mama for this really spoke to my heart. He's like, why would you want to leave behind, you know, an inheritance or, you know, money for them to travel, whatever it is. Why wouldn't you want to be doing that and creating those memories with your children? And that just, it pierced me. I thought, yeah, why am I building all of this to leave to them and them enjoy it and think of me when I'm not here to enjoy and be in it with them? So I completely changed how I look at my days. Every single day, I can say this with all honesty, I don't always do it perfectly or well, but I have the intention is to make it a memory making moment. I mean, this is the only day we're going to have of this day. There's no repeats. There's no dress rehearsals. So why would I wait to die or leave this earth? in order to feel like I'm making that contribution or legacy. What if today I make a beautiful meal on a Wednesday evening for my family? What if I ask my husband to go on a date in the middle of the day on a Wednesday? Why does it have to be saved for something? And that invited a lot of beauty, a lot of pleasure, a lot of intention into creating this in the now to build the legacy now. And it is transformative, not only for me, but for my entire family. I mean, we just have so much joy. I often say to my clients, I feel like we're soaked in pleasure. I just feel like if you were to come over here, we're like dripping in pleasure because we don't wait. We create, we build this day the best we can. And again, it's not perfect you know, there's days where I'm just, I'm off, I'm in a funk or someone in the home is in a funk or, you know, we have something happen in the business. So it's not about perfection. It's that progression. It's that pursuit of living your best life today. And the legacy being more about the memories that your children or those you love captured with you more so than them thinking, oh, I wish I had done this with mom, or I wish I'd seen mom do this, even with your grandma, right? Like that reflection of, I wish grandma had enjoyed more, sat down, laughed and allowed us to stand up. You know, it's, it's changing that, that feeling of the way women show up and allowing us to be really creative, curious, and playful. That's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I feel like we, that's such a good way to summarize that idea, right. Of like, we need to be able to enjoy the now because that's all we have, right. Is this moment. And you know, it's hard to enjoy that if you are overworked, if you're burned out from your business, if you've just created another hamster wheel job for yourself out of your business. And so 
Yeah. You know, I feel like that. I absolutely feel like that would help you shift. I actually have a story that I didn't even like want to tell, but as you're talking about like having joy and pleasure in your life, I realized a few weeks ago that I was doing this in like putting off my own enjoyment. So one of my most favorite things to do is just to sit outside and work to, you know, get in the sun. I'm like a cat in the sun. Like I just love to be outside. We have all these nice trees. We have a huge backyard. Like we have a nice backyard space, but our deck is like rotting, falling apart. It's original to our house. It's like 30 years old. And I kept telling myself, I want to totally redo this. I want to build a Porsche. I want a fire pit. I mean, this is going to be like a $40,000, $50,000 renovation that I want to do. And financially, we have some other things going on right now that I'm like, we can't prioritize this in the next probably six months, Mm -hmm. but we'll get there. And what I realized is that I kept putting off creating a nice space to enjoy today because I kept thinking when I make more money in my business, when I'm finally financially ready to like prioritize this, as opposed to the other things we have going on, then I will be worthy of enjoying this nice outdoor space. And it clicked a few weeks ago. I was like, Sarah, why are you, why are you doing this? And like, how often do we do this in our lives of like, when, when our business hits this point, when we make this much money, then we're finally going to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor, except it never comes. Right. Right. So interesting. You just brought that up because that's in May magazine. The Becoming Iconic magazine was exactly that creating a backyard oasis and how I created multiple oasis. And one of them is this back porch that I had wanted for 10 years. And we went through renovation last year and I was like, I'm just going to do it. And we did it. And we think these things are going to be big and huge and scary. And then you do it and you think, what took me so long? But we have furniture on it that is I mean, it's vintage. Okay. It is vintage furniture, but we, I decorated it with beautiful throw pillows and blankets. And I put candles out there and I got myself little tables. So financially it wasn't this big thing that I was creating it to be. And it's this beautiful space. So I really resonate with that. And that's the perfect point. I mean, it's so potent for people to understand this. It's like the waiting to receive in order to, you know, create that enjoyment of our lives there's always going to be the next thing. There's always going to be when I have this, then I will. That's just a part of our human nature. But what can you do in the immediate to create beauty? And for me, I teach this all the time. It's as simple as lighting a candle. Get yourself a coffee mug that is beautiful and makes you feel elegant and you know just invites beauty. And so when you sip your coffee, you actually taste it versus this mug that's chipped and you throw your coffee in the microwave 10 times before it's finally finished. And moms, you know what I'm talking about, right? We all laugh about this, that we never sit down and finish our coffee. But what if you did? And what if you gave yourself these anchors and cues and clues within your day, these little things like a candle, like a coffee mug that would support you to anchor into, I'm enjoying this moment. Even if I have to get up and get a bottle or make food or get the kids on the bus or whatever it is you're doing with this, I, I mean, I'm drinking from my cup mug now as we speak, it, it anchors me into this sense of peace, this sense of presence, this sense of this moment really matters. And it does. And presence is one of the biggest gifts we can give to ourselves, to those we love and to our life. Yes. So I'm going to go read that article in your magazine, because I think that's hilarious that you did the same thing. I feel like we should, I feel like we should be friends. Um, (laughs) I ended up like, I did the same thing. I didn't 
you know, I'm obviously not doing a whole reno, but I got a new outdoor table and some chairs and uh, some new pillows. I got the pressure washer out like a couple weeks ago and like pressure washed the deck and just made it to where it's a little bit more enjoyable. And I want to go sit out there because one thing I've been, I've been reading a lot about for the last couple of years is just this idea of like manifesting and how, you know, if I'm out there and I'm enjoying my outdoor space and I'm thinking like, I'm worthy of enjoying this space and I'm worthy of taking the rest time, then more of that will come versus if you're always thinking, I'm not here yet. I'm not deserving, right? You're sort of forcing yourself just onto the hamster wheel. And so mm-hmm. I love that that you did the same thing with your outdoor space. Yeah, it's fun that we have that. All of those are really amazing points. And centering on the idea of pleasure and not in like in a not in like an over-the-top way, but just like the simple moments, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like when I look at your website and your Instagram, your branding like very much speaks to that. Like your branding feels like, and I'm really not good with words in this way. Like I'm an accountant. I'm a math person. I'm not a words person, but like your branding just feels like luxurious, but not in that sort of cliche boss babe, you know, Chanel and champagne bottles popping. And so I'm really curious. And I said this before we started recording, but I feel like later this year, I'm feeling a rebrand coming up because I have sort of put myself into having, you know, my agency business and then my own sort of personal brand coaching business. And so I'm I'm thinking about this too, right? Of like, how did you develop that? How did you land on that? And talk to me about, you know, what it ultimately attracted to you in terms of clientele. Branding is my love language. So it's so interesting. Numbers are not, we're the perfect pair. I think we are fast friends. <laughs> so we would definitely compliment one another. Marketing and branding is something that I've been doing forever. I mean, I went to, to post-secondary for it. I have a degree in it. Um, I love everything branding and marketing because I believe it's a personal expression. I believe it forces us if it's good branding. I mean, not everything is good branding, right? Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to really look at the essence of who we are and how we want to express that out into the world. So we hire people. Can you make a brand for us? And then it never feels connected or quite aligned. And that shows up in your business, that shows up in your social media, it shows up through everything you do because it was never this like click. I often say to people when they're working with the agency, I want you to feel like that, you know, when you click in the seatbelt and it goes like you're in, you're buckled in. That's the feeling I would love for people to have in their branding. And the thing also to realize is it's not written in stone. Branding evolves and changes along with yourself. I'm in a current refresh in my brand right now. And it's not because there was anything wrong with what I was doing. It's just, there's this newness in me, this boldness in me that I feel like is really coming through and I'm ready to declare and own. So I needed a bolder representation within the brand. But the current brand and and luxury, for me, there's something about sophistication, professionalism, elegance that is really the nature of a woman growing in a CEO posture. I mean, we own all of those different attributes. We can be elegant and we can be professional. We can be sophisticated and we can be, you know, in pleasure. Those contradictions or polarities, let's call them, is one of the beautiful parts of what we do. We, I, I think a lot of branding we're seeing is like this, this bro branding where you see these jets 
and bags and red bottom shoes. And I love all those things. There's nothing wrong with those things, but it's not the only way to have a really beautiful brand. It's not the only way to call in aligned clients. As a matter of fact, your branding has to align with the clients you're calling in. So if you have something like with red bottom shoes, but you're talking to a brand new entrepreneur, yes, sure. You're casting a vision. Yes, sure. They're like, oh, wow. I I aspire to have some of those things in my own life, but do they feel connected? Do you feel approachable? Are you the person that they're going to look to, to go, that's somebody I can invest in. That's somebody I could probably, you know, stretch financially to afford and, and be in her presence. Or do you feel like you're up on this pedestal? There's a lot of pedestaling right now too. I could really geek out on this conversation. So my personal branding is always about expression. I'm actually going for a photo shoot this week. And so much intention goes behind everything I do. And it's because I have to think about the outcome. What is the desired outcome in my post today? What is the desired outcome of this photo shoot today or this week? What is the desired outcome of what I want to portray on the website? And my hope and desire through becoming iconic is that someone will land and they will be stretched, but they will see a woman, an example of a woman who is mothering and mothering four, who is committed in her marriage to having an exceptional intimate partnership and, and marriage, and who also is not afraid to see what she's got, is not afraid to take risk and action, have some audacity. And so I, I'm firmly believe that shows up in my, in my branding because I'm so deeply connected to it because I don't want a facade. I don't want a persona. I don't want a mask. Sure, there's filters. I mean, I don't mind a, a good filter. Sure, there's those things, but I hope that that is is not the focal point. I hope the focal point is always in the words that I I use, the storytelling that I share, and the experience that I hold. So branding can be really, really fun if you allow it. And rather than compare, rather than copy what somebody else has, what if you just said, "What are the things that make me happy?" What are the things that make me show up in my business? And a really good brand that that supports that will give you that energy, that boost to show up. There's nothing like, you know, having that kind of injection of energy into your business through graphics, through a logo, through colors, through a direct creative direction. Yeah. Okay. So many questions. I feel like for me, and I've worked with great people. And so don't get me wrong. I've worked with great photographers. I've worked with, you know, great person who did my website and all of those things. But I feel like for me, that process, and this is probably what a lot of people go through is that the process of coming up with the brand is very piecemeal Mm. and there's really no strategy. And so I'm curious, you know, in your opinion, at what point do you feel like I imagine, you know, making the investment to have somebody to really be that creative director and to help you with the strategy is not a small investment. And so at what point do you feel like this is something that is a required investment to be able to build the business that you want? Mm, Such a good question. And why I started building my agency because I was sick and tired of people being charged tens of thousands of dollars for branding. I don't see why that's necessary. I'm just going to be very bold and and honest. It's not necessary. You do not need to pay $15,000 to have a brand. 
Okay. And the agency, yeah, the agency, we do not charge those prices on purpose. We want to give a world-class experience without someone feeling like, oh my goodness, I just invested, you know, a year's worth of investments just to have this brand, you know, strategy done that, that doesn't need to happen. Okay. So just be careful when you're out there, um, and, and shop accordingly. So when is it appropriate? It's appropriate at the very beginning, because I think what people misunderstand is branding versus marketing. They do overlap so much that it can be a little bit convoluted and blurry, but branding and the, the importance of it is because it makes you really think about what you're doing, what your brand promises, what you stand for, and your brand strategy will likely never change. It's the marketing, the graphics, the look and feel that will probably constantly evolve. But a brand, like knowing your brand is what do I stand for? What is the value behind my company or my, my personal brand? What is it that people can count on? You know, who is this for? Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to, I speak to? What are those key phrases? What are those key teachables or, or the impact, the differentiators of me versus someone else? It's really going deep into what exactly you're doing here. And I think a lot of it, a lot of what we're seeing is fluff. And it's fluff because people haven't gone that deep. They don't have a brand. What they're doing is sort of these knee jerk things. They're throwing noodle, like spaghetti noodles at the wall, hoping they stick. It's, it's just so much reactive business. And unfortunately that doesn't have longevity. So that ends up creating burnout. That ends up creating a lot of white knuckling of businesses because we don't have this solidified, like the roots, like I guess is the best way to put it. You don't have the roots of your business developed yet. So it's going to tip. I mean, think of a tree. If it doesn't have roots to be able to support its growth, it's going to tip. It's not going to be able to, to be foundational. So I think branding is an important thing to do, important exercise to do at the very forefront. And it's never too late. You know, I have lots of people come to me who have had success and they, they're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what my brand promise is. And it's such a great, there's never a wrong time to do it, but it's probably, it's a disservice to you, a disservice to your business to not do it. So I, I would say it's one of those investments I would make as soon as possible, but it does not need to break the bank. And I would say branding is not, you know, going to someone to have a logo designed and to pick out colors for your website, right? Like it's really, again, taking somebody like me who has a really hard time sometimes articulating exactly what it is that I want to do and be in the world. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I don't think that has necessarily changed. You know, I've been in business for four and a half years at this point. Like, I don't think it's maybe like when I first started, I had no clue what I was doing because it was just sort of like happenstance that I started my own business and I won't go into that story. But like, I feel like my, my ultimate vision has not changed. I probably refined it over time. I feel like at this point, my business, I'm shifting into this place where my business is going to have a different brand than me personally, because mm -hmm. long-term I've talked about this on my podcast. Like I would like to be able to step back from some of the agency work. Not that I don't like to work with clients. It's just, I'm finding like, I don't know if you're into human design, but as a manifester, I'm like, okay, I've done this. I've built this. Now I want to go build the next thing. And I think yeah. that next thing is the personal brand. So I think it's really interesting. And I think that I imagine it helps with bringing in more, not that everything has to be high ticket, because I think even that can be really overused, but I feel like talk to me about how does this help 
help your clients bring in their clients who are like ready to pay, how they're, they're primed. They know they're ready to work with you. They're ready to pay whatever it is. Like they see the value in what you provide. Like how can your brand help people do that? So three things. Number one is it helps you to do that. So when you have gone through this experience and you've sat with experts like myself and my creative directors and the designers, you know, when you've sat with professionals, experts who know how to pull this out of you, because it is true. A lot of times we're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a lot of like wavering. So the whole experience in itself is going to solidify who you are what you stand for, those core values. And I I really would say, maybe sure there's some additional things that will pop in over time, but those core values will likely always stay the same, like integrity. You know, like that's just a core value of mine. I'm not going to one day be like, no, I don't believe in integrity anymore. That's, you know, we're going to go off and... (laughs) So those things are really, really important for someone to identify because once you can stand in it and you have this clarity, you show up in a different way. So that's the first thing. When you can show up in your brand with the clarity, it will be clear to other people. The second thing is the expression, the the artistry, the beauty that gets to go into creating this. So many people will say to me, I don't like social media. I have such a thing with this. I could, I'm like, what do you mean you don't like social media? I don't like social media. It's unhealthy. It's mental health, all the things. And um, I, I, I have personal experience with mental health in my family. And so it's not to disregard mental health and what it could do for your mental health. But I think social media gets a bad reputation. I think it's how we are being in social media that is perpetuating these feelings, these emotions, these spirals. I love social media. I think it is one of the greatest blessings we've ever had. I wake up and I can meet someone anywhere in the world who is like-minded, who has similar interests. I can meet people all over the world who give me fresh perspective, who teach me about culture and beliefs. I mean, I feel so connected to humans in a world where we want to say social media is disconnecting us. Again, it's who we're being on that platform versus, you know, what the platform is doing to us. But imagine that you got to like it again. Imagine if you were so clear on the direction and and what you want to teach and how you want to show up that it was no longer like, I don't like social media. It was more of, oh, I get to do a post today. And you were, you know, excited about what it looked like because you had people who supported you and giving you some graphic input or creating graphics for you. And now all of a sudden people look at it as legit. I mean, I have to be honest with you. If you're building a personal brand or a company and you have these pictures, I mean, this is your storefront. This is like showing up at your restaurant. Would you have a restaurant open up the the doors and be like, hey, come and eat here, but you don't have cutlery on the table because you're waiting to see if people show up first. There's breadcrumbs all over the floor. There's cobwebs, you know, in the ceiling. Nobody's going to come eat at your restaurant. So if you're actually really wanting to build a business, there are some investments. There are some commitments that need to be made. It doesn't need to be a professional photographer, not necessarily, but take some really nice pictures of yourself, showcase that you are serious, that you are a CEO. I mean, this is important. And then people will, again, when they fall onto your platform or your website or wherever people are being directed, it's like, oh, she means it. 
and you build trust right away. I know when someone lands on my social media platform, they know I'm in the deep end. There's no like, oh, is she in? Is she out? Has she had success? Has she not? I'm not entirely sure. You can know for sure when you land on anything of mine, whether it be the social media, my website, the podcast, whatever, that I am in the deep end and that I am committed to this growth and that I am showing up for the business regardless of outcomes. These things are really important. And then the third thing, you know, is also casting vision, showing what's possible. So then as people land and go, oh, wow, she's serious. Like this looks really enticing. There's something here. I feel the energy. I feel her commitment. Then all of a sudden that trust is built and they go, I want some of that. And you will have people invest but you've got to be willing to invest in yourself first. I'm really sorry to be the bearer of bad news if that's what it is for you, but to sit back and think, once I have more clients, then I will. Once I make X amount of money, then I will. You're going to be sitting on the sidelines waiting for the rest of your life because it's not up to your business or for potential clients to validate your idea. It is not up to your business or a community to make sure you feel confident in what you're doing. This is your job. It's your responsibility and you've got to go first. And when you go first and you step out on that skinny branch, that's when you start to have response. You talked about manifestation. That's the thing. You can't say, I want to have a beautiful business and sit back and like with your fingers crossed and your toes crossed going, I hope it happens. You've got to take bold action towards the thing that you desire in order to manifest that in your life. There's visual, visualizing, and there's also the doing, the actioning that brings manifestation together. Yeah, I have I have so many things I could say about that, but I won't because I know we're <laughs> coming up on the end of time. Um, so I think all those are really good tips. And, you know, I think when I started my business, I did take some time to sit down with somebody just to be able to put those things into words. And it wasn't a huge exercise. Like, I don't think that people need to wait until they have the perfect graphics and all of that to put themselves out there, but start taking that stand of like, who am I? And building that into your messaging is what I'm hearing from you, I think is always good. And then, you know, for those of you who want to be able to get past the solopreneur sort of, I would almost say freelancer status and build more of an actual business that doesn't rely on you day in and day out. I think that you have to be even more less afraid or even less afraid to, to make those investments, to step out there because it's not just going to happen by pinching pennies and trying to be cheap and trying to slap things together. Like it, it really takes some intention and bold action, like you said. So I love that. Well, and you talk about money, so I'm sure you can maybe share your input on this, but I mean, if we're actually starting a business, so we're serious about this, you know, we're going to follow through, we're going to build something. There is a level of investment that is required. And do I think that has to be a massive amount of money? No. As a matter of fact, I was a stay-at-home mom when I started entrepreneurship. I had zero income and I had a very unsupportive person in my life at that time. So I didn't have access to cash flow to be able to invest. But every single penny I could gather, I put towards doing something to build this business. I just knew there was something there. So I can say that, sure, you know, it's it's great if you have access to some money that you can invest and have branding done and really hit the ground running. But at the same time, you know, if if not, 
be resourceful in the meantime, do the things you can do to really like build this on a foundation, build this upon brick and mortar versus a deck of cards that, you know, as soon as the first wind comes or the first, you know, month that causes hurdles or obstacles, it doesn't just fall apart. We don't want that. We want to make sure we're building this that is going to hold you and hold your future and hold that vision for everything that, that you're desiring. I will say too, like investing is not just money. It can also be an investment of time. But I also would say, I think you said this too. I'm not a proponent of always, you know, bootstrapping and trying to do things on your own. I think that when I started my business, I definitely reinvested a lot of the money that I made back into my own development to up-level myself to things in my business I felt I needed. And so I feel like because I did that, I got to where I am today. Okay. So all this is so good. And my last question is, I love to ask everyone this, tell me about something that your business has enabled you to just massively upgrade in your life. And I like to tell people I'm asking the question because I want us to see that you don't always have to be responsible with your money and you don't always have to be cheap and it's not cheap in a bad way, but like, you don't always have to be selfless. And so tell me about a fun life upgrade that your business has afforded you. It's interesting. I was just sitting with this this morning and actually this just brought it to light. So I have to thank you. I got a little teary eyed actually thinking about this because this morning I was like, do we go on a family vacation or do we finish off the renovation and put these like massive sliding doors in our, the back wall. And I was sort of sitting with this like conflict of what should I do? And then I, I, as you were saying this was like, wow, what a discussion to have with myself in the first place. I mean, (laughs) This is, this is the life. And so thank you for bringing that to light. That actually just kind of grounded me a little bit where I've realized that my why, when I started entrepreneurship has never changed. It was to create as many memory making moments as humanly possible with my family as a mom. And that is something that I do day in and day out, whether it be that we order in a beautiful meal and put candles on the floor and fur blankets and have a picnic to going on the most beautiful vacations together as a family and building memories to taking the home that we love so much and upgrading it. And my daughter last night brought her friends over and it was the first time I'd noticed how proud she was of our renovation. And she's like, do you want to come in around and see my house? And so my daughter's taking her friends around to show the house to them. And those like moments where you're just like, oh my goodness, we're, we're doing it. We're living it. This is This is a life that I am building and intentionally curating for not just myself, but these children. And so for me, nothing feels impossible anymore. My kids also have been raised to realize nothing is impossible when you want something and you put your heart and soul into it, you can create it. And so maybe it's not the perfect answer to how we're spending our money, but it's given us choice to do a lot of really beautiful things as a family. We travel all the time. And we dream together all the time. And we don't have conversations around the dinner table of we can't afford that. Or once we save more money, or it's, it's just these big audacious ideas that we get to play with and bring to life together. And, and I think that's been one of the biggest blessings of all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your insights. I feel like this was so good. Tell everybody where they can find and connect with you. Thank you so much for having me first and foremost. I really appreciate this conversation as well. And 
I, I do lots of podcast interviews and you're a great interviewer. This felt like a very beautiful conversation. So thank you so much for oh, what you're doing. I appreciate and, that. Yeah. Thank you for offering what you do to the world. A podcast is one of the greatest acts of generosity. And I just want to edify you in this moment as well. And, and all the, who are listening to, to remind them to thank you and, and maybe give you a review or whatever it may be to, to also show their gratitude for what you're doing day in and day out. So thank you so much. Um, you can find me becoming iconic pretty easily across all social media platforms. It's becoming iconic. If you want to read the free digital magazine or check out the podcast, becomingiconic.co. So it's .co um, is the website. Everything's housed there. And then you can sort of go where you want to go from there. But I think it's a beautiful place to start. And um, I'm just really excited to meet people. I'm always in my DMs. I'm not one of those people that has somebody pretending to be me in the DMs. I love connections. So if anybody has questions or wants to get to know me on a deeper level, that's a place to meet me. And otherwise I, I look forward to some new friends and, and I hope that they felt served today. Yes, I'm sure they will. I so appreciate it. And everybody listening, thanks for being here and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at CFO on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.